Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Guys, we're talking season two, episode 11 of The Magicians, and you know, we've got all the bases covered. We've got dragons, we've got rats, we've got bowling, pretty much everything you could want. So stick around. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. This is... <laughs> I love YouTube, man. You couldn't find like you, you. We couldn't possibly find a better nah, song to open with. Not at all. And it was really we did the YouTube equivalent of hitting like I'm feeling lucky. Exactly. On Google. Exactly. That's basically, thank you to our producer, our magical magical producer for finding this wonderful piece of music for season two, episode eleven. We're talking the ratting here on the Magicians After Show, right here. On AfterBuzz TV, my name is Ty Matthews. Y'all can find me online at Ty Matthews PMA. We are we've got a minimalist crew <laughs> today. I'm joined by the lovely and talented, as always, Miss Adrian Snow. Hi guys, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. And that's M S E D R I E N S N O W. Absolutely. There's there's always so much to talk about, there and I is. feel like I feel like we're gonna we we might we might go short today. Who knows? Who knows? Probably. But you know what? I mean, I could fawn over Christopher Gorham for like 10 minutes. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got a lot of ground to cover. We do. Uh, and you know what? Let's actually start with him. Let's start, yeah. let's start, start with, with uh, John and Richard. Let's start or with John and uh, Renard. 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 But we will see Richard. I know. Elsewhere. Yeah. Keeping up that ongoing theme of kind of people and their doppelgangers and mm-hmm. the different versions of our favorite characters. Um, but one of the things that that jumped out at me about this subplot with with Senator Gaines and with Renard is just like that that kind of heartbreak. That there's one shot, there's one moment of just pure pain on Senator Gaines' face. Sorry. I thought I was totally about to do a Hamilton reference. I was like, is he not going to take a shot? What is that going to take a shot? There you go. Yes. There you go. Yes. That's going to be stuck in my head for three weeks. Sorry about that. No, there is one shot of yeah. of Senator Gaines' face where it's the moment that he realizes. It's It's exactly yeah. that moment where she just kind of instantly goes along with whatever he says and he realizes like. That's so messed up. Everything's alive. Has he ever had consensual sex in his life? Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. guys, but that's something that I thought about. Okay? But I mean, it's I true. Was like, has he ever done anything with anyone consensually? Oh, God. Anything. A kiss, a hug. What an awful <laughs> ramification of that that I hadn't even considered. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, I think. Um, you know, Christopher Gorham could read the dictionary and I'd be there for it. Mm. But uh, there's something really disconcerting about... Um, well, I, I guess I have to talk about the casting. Because sure. between Christopher Gorham and Richard, whose name I cannot remember. which um, Mackenzie Aston? Yes. Mm. Uh, you know, they are, are, are known for playing, like, wholesome, somewhat charming characters. Right. And so to, to especially have them cast as these... As these people that can essentially elicit whatever they want out of you just by suggesting it just and being in a sense kind of just villainous sure it, it, i thought that was just grand their part that you know that was a part that they 
that they cast him as that and that that's potential for his character. Right. Um, but I, I also kind of wanted to see a few more circumstances where you get to see that happen. Like we all kind of, that keeps being brought up how like he never fails, he never loses, but just to kind of see it like happen in like a wider scale, like the whole room, right? like falling under that spell. I thought that was really interesting. I just thought it was a really interesting concept. I wanted to see it blown out more. Right. Well, and another part of it is that I think we, we get a little bit of a taste of what it looks like when he's actually harnessing that power. Yeah. Because if you think about it, you've got to think he's, he's been doing it on accident his whole life, his basically. Whole life. And the first time he does it on purpose, he gives the guy a heart attack. Yeah. Which is, which is terrifying. I don't know. And I don't know what that speaks to because... Mm. Maybe it was the, with with which the intensity with which he wanted the guy to agree with him because mm. when he did his wife a few minutes later, right? You know, she didn't fall over and die. Well, and I and think, or was it did have to do with the guy being older? Right. I think I think the way I interpret it is is um, it has to do with with intention. Mm-hmm. If if he is actually channeling it and yeah. meaning to sway someone like he did for the very first time with the guy whose vote he was trying to get, I think that's when it gets dangerous. Well, then that, does that make him more powerful than Reynard? I think that's where we might be going. Mm. I think so. I mm. think I think it's going to get to a point where where Renard's going to realize that, you know, that that Gaines is more powerful than he is. Yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was but that was something interesting. I think that was that was kind of one of the the lesser visited subplots of the mm-hmm. episode. So it's interesting yeah. to kind of explore that territory and and kind of the complexity of the Senator Gaines character in mm-hmm. the few episodes that we've seen him in. Yeah, I mean he's a, a very intriguing character and I wanna see more of him and I hope they do more with him, but it was also really nice to see him come back to them. I was also curious as to how he's able to break bills without Right, uh, key or right, right. Like they just was, like let him roll in. I was wondering about that for sure. And I thought he was able to find it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Because like, mm. we haven't. He's not like yeah. a traveler or anything, right? No. Like, okay. No. Well, I feel like well, we may get more answers as to that. Yeah. At some point, like how did that happen? Right, 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 right. But let's rewind back. Let's talk about mm-hmm. about Quentin and Julia. Mm-hmm. First of all, finding this ancient one that we kind of it's ended last week's episode on. The sassy dragon. And and that sassy dragon was so amazing, and yes. we didn't really get to see that much of her. Not at all. We get that very first kind of cold open yeah. where she's talking about, you know, these millennials. I just loved how when they died, she's like, fucking millennials. Right, exactly. I was like, yeah, man, that's not, you're not wrong. Right. There you're is that wrong. line where, where Julia's like, well, after 24 hours, then what? Then I wait here patiently yeah. for you she's to come like, back. I eat you. Hello. <laughs> right. I'm a dragon. Yeah. That's fair. I also, like, it was another thing that was kind of, it was a throwaway moment, but I enjoyed it as a gag in terms of, uh, Quentin having that baby molar and just before he yeah. could even get another sentence out, it out, Julia's already <laughs> extracted it. Yeah. I looked that up because I, I wasn't able to find anything about it, but mm. I didn't realize people could have baby molars right? still. Right? I mean, I guess it's... I guess it's possible, but it's interesting that that's another part of this dragon is that yeah. she collects baby teeth. Like, she's a collector of things that we might consider a tad morbid. Sure, sure. Know, you know, like baby, baby teeth. teeth. Or milk teeth, milk as, teeth. as the yeah. ancient Greeks might have said, I guess. Milk teeth. It's weird. A lot happened in that cold open. Yeah, a lot did happen. And then he had to give away the button. He had to give away the button, of course. Oh, which messes everything up by the time we get to the end of the episode. And we'll see what happens with Elliot by the end of the episode. Right. But we'll get there. Right, but, right, right. But that's yeah. bad news. That's absolutely bad news. And 
Penny can't travel? It's like... Right? I feel like they're setting something up with that where it's just like... Maybe no more fillery. I don't know. Interesting, interesting. And it's it's funny to compare it to an episode like a, a couple of weeks ago with mm-hmm. the bank heist, where mm-hmm. everyone seemed to be traveling so easily altogether, and now it's not that much longer, and there are all these parameters in place where everyone is is kind of segregated from each yeah, other. Yeah, they can't get to each other. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what else? But yeah, that's so. This whole this whole quest. From from Quentin and Julia, you know, mm-hmm. to get to the underworld, mm-hmm. um, and it was very it was very Beetlejuice esque. This underworld was it was it, it was very, it had, I like that they had the the Greek accents to it that it was Hades and yeah. Persephone and all that, um, but just even the the opening where it's like the the Balkan video, he's like, uh, don't worry, and he has a pamphlet says, don't panic. You're, You're probably <laughs> not going to hell. So when you that. read it, if you read it from afar, it just says, don't panic, not. <laughs> I was like, that's messed up. See that pamphlet? I see that wordplay. The pamphlet and the waiting video, or the waiting room and the intro video, mm-hmm. that's what reminded me a lot and then, of. Well, no, and then even the take a number. Right, yeah. exactly. It, mm-hmm. it was the number. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where I, I really thought that they were going to go for that gag where, like, Quentin takes a number and it's like 5,400,000 yeah. and they're on, like, number seven or something. And then even Julia had, like, a hole in her stomach. It was very clearly, like, Beetlejuice references happening. Because isn't the whole- there somebody sitting with, like, a hole in their stomach? I think so. And then there's another person. And, like holding their head, yes, and then there's Beetlejuice the with like sure. a shrunk. Well, it wasn't shrunken, and then it shrinks. The whole, down. the hole in the stomach, though, that always speaks to death becomes her. Exactly for me. Yes, <laughs> that movie scared the shit out of me. Oh when my I was god, a kid. I saw that Sinespia this past summer, and I was like, no. I love it. <laughs> I remember it's so cheesy, but I love it. It's those little, yeah, those little kind of camp references. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do love that that aesthetic of of the underworld as as this waiting room mm-hmm. and it's it's this way station but people could be stuck there for a very long well, yeah. time it's purgatory i mean mm-hmm. if you don't know how to get out of purgatory if you don't get your your part of my friend shit together sure sure you could be there for a very long time right and right, like right. what does that mean and i liked that they can i liked that they actually did excuse me blow up that world mm-hmm. exactly yeah we see we see a little bit more of it kind of a more kind of exploded view when mm-hmm. we see that that bowling alley, yeah, and we get to see the other members of of Free Trader Beowulf from the season one. Yeah, I love this show for always bringing back season one characters. I hope that's something they continue. Right. I mean, they didn't introduce too many season two characters, at least none that I think will make it or have made it to the end. Well, and like, it's it's the, the characters season, but... it's the characters that you don't expect to see back. Yeah, it's the Joshes and the Todds. Yeah. and things like that that are that you just can't, you see them and your first reaction is like, oh that oh, yeah. guy. Oh hey, <laughs> you're still here, right? And when they do <laughs> yeah. when they do introduce new season two characters, it's played by people like Marley Matlin. And, yeah, and it's this you know this awesome kind of casting. Yeah, so we'll never see them again. <laughs> right, 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 right. To be honest. But it was but yeah. short but impactful, that role was. It was, it was. Um, but that was, not only did we see, you know, Silver and, and kind of the rest of the, the Beowulf crew, but mm-hmm. we saw Richard. Yeah. And, and... I did not think they were going to do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, that was something that I had so easily forgotten that, mm-hmm. you know, like what you said earlier about how Mackenzie Aston kind of usually plays these sort of, these very uh, well-meaning kind of characters. Yeah, even on Scandal, he's kind of like a weird journalist but he's still like a well-meaning weird journalist i see i didn't know he was in scandal yeah yeah so this this character richard is i feel like that that was very deliberate the Mm -hmm. fact that richard is very kind of sort of milk toast and just kind of like goody two shoes well you get to see the two the differences in the two characters and i think 
that was good to see because I think we've all kind of forgotten what Richard, Richard was like. I mean, Richard was kind of strangely conniving mm. at the beginning of season one when we first introduced him just because he had the intention of trying to get back to his son. Right, right. Which he was still trying to get back to. He still is, but yeah. But compared to Reynard, like, Richard is incredibly milquetoast. Right, right, Incredibly right. white. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, white and milquetoast don't mean the same thing. Say <laughs> yeah, but, I, um, I, that's probably fair. <laughs> like, but yeah, so it was it was very good to see like, oh, okay, Reynard is, is a lot more dastardly. And also just like, I think fun for the actor to do as well. Right, 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 right. And it was, yeah, that was one of those things I had forgotten that that Renard's physical appearance is just because he had picked Richard as a vessel, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's the only reason that we've been seeing him like this. So it, it's easy to, to forget that there was something else there. But, yeah. but it is touching. It's, it's nice that... That's still his ultimate goal in the underworld is is reconnecting with the sun, yeah. and the fact that the staff won't help him because he's cap- he's culpable in yeah, in his son's death. He's essentially responsible. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. It's rough, <sighs> right? Doesn't make you want to die. Right. <laughs> right, 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 Sounds right. Difficult. Should except we for the bowling? Right, exactly, exactly. A strike. Should we? Oh, that strike! Oh, you get a strike every time. Let's talk about that strike. Let's <laughs> talk about it because that was an adorable moment. Yeah, where like Quentin's in the midst of all of this kind of heaviness, and that's one of the things that I've loved about the show mm-hmm. is that in the middle of all this heaviness, you can still see these kind of brief glimpses of levity. Yeah, and he gets a strike, and he's just genuinely excited about it. And then Richard's like, "You get a strike the first week, every single <laughs> the time. The first week, everyone's a strike. Like, Let's just give it to her. And, give it to him. Yeah. And that line, so." At first, I'm like, okay, that's kind of... It's a throwaway line. You know, it's good for a laugh. Mm. But I think it it spoke a lot more to me about what shades are mm. in, in the world of this show. And it, it I think what it... What my interpretation of it after seeing that line is that it's not necessarily... All your goodness. All semblance of morality or of mm-hmm. goodness. It's um, maybe vir- virtuosity. Virtuosity? Is that vir- oh, virtuosity? I know. I know. Virtuosity is the movie. I don't know if that's the virtuosity. trait. The trait of being Are you virtuous. talking about the movie with Denzel Washington. Yes. Yes. The virtuality. What I mean? No. 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 That was. It's Vir- virtuosity. But oh. what, what I mean? Yeah, you're right. What I mean is the the state of being virtuous. I think I'm, that's not the right word. Let's go with innocence because I think go. that's a, an easier one for me to touch on. Pause. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Because uh, I don't remember what virtuosity <laughs> means right now. Is he looking it up right now? <laughs> Please do. What does it mean? Please do. It is, is it virtuousness? What's virtu- virtuous? What's virtuosity? What I'm getting is uh-huh. a taste for or interest in virtue and okay. a technical skill as in the practice of a fine art. Okay, okay. So, okay. So what is virtue? So I was right. So I was right. So I was right. Virtuosity <laughs> yeah. is, is the state of being virtuous. It was just also used in that movie as like a play on virtual. Yes, That's it was. That's what it was. All right. We got it. We're it's st- such a weird movie. I can't believe you even brought up Virtuosity. <laughs> and I love you all the more for even knowing what that movie is. Is that Denzel? And what That's is, Denzel Washington Russell and Russell Crowe. There you go. There yeah, you go. There you young go. Russell Crowe. You got it. You got it. Yeah. I, I I've always, seen it a lot. I would always get that confused with Johnny Mnemonic. That's understandable because they're confusing. They came out around the same it's time. It's about going into the virtual and then also like somebody coming out of it, like right. shooting come out of it. it. That was hot in the mid-90s. It was because we were terrified. Man. Everyone was scared of the internet. Terrified. Right. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, multiplicity? No, that's different. That. 
<laughs> I love Multiplicity so much. It's legitimately one of my favorite movies. Me too. Um, but, so I think, yeah, because this whole time I had been thinking that losing mm-hmm. your shade is losing really any... All your goodness. Any semblance of goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you're just, you're essentially just a husk at that point. But I think it's, it's losing your virtuosity and it's it's kind of it's acting selfish but you're still there's still a little part in you well yeah i think i think the biggest mistake of humanity mm-hmm. is that we assume that goodness is this pure entity and badness is this pure entity and and that's just not true i mean we kind of always toggle and and blend within the two all the time mm-hmm. so when they talk about like shade I, I don't think that means that you can't ever be good. You can't ever have a conscience. It's mm. just that the innocence that lives in you, like the child that lives within you, is gone. So I think we tend to, mm, I guess, go back to that innocence in certain moments when we need it, when we need to be somewhat naive to, to show an act of kindness. Um, but that's not the end-all, be-all to, sure. to what it means to be good. You know, right. Well, yeah. and it's 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 appropriate that it's even called a shade because yeah. these are shades of gray. You know, exactly. Nothing, nothing is black and white in in these worlds. Or in life. Or in life. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you got it. Not yeah. to get too deep. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I love yeah this whole quest of of trying to find Julia Shade. Mm-hmm. You know, searching through through the underworld mm-hmm. and and how Richard ends up kind of helping them with it and with pro- his providing that distraction. Milk toast nerdiness. That, oh, that was beautiful. That was adorable. He's, I'm just going to take all these numbers. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to get thrown into a prison for three weeks. So <laughs> what's three weeks in all of eternity? Right. Exactly. Like, and yeah. there was a little line in that in that scene. I don't know if it was deliberate. It might have been where. The the head of security when he's trying to get him away from the 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 numbers mm-hmm. he says oh quite the jokester you are ah uh, uh, I didn't catch that yeah right? <laughs> more of that there we go I did wonder if I, I guess Julia did in that time between tell him officially like that Reynard was walking around in his skin I was wondering about that's if, not something if we if saw but we saw some but she alluded to it when she first ran to him she's like right. oh it's good to see you the real you and right he's like. What happened? Right, exactly. Um, it's like, well, how much, how much time we got? I was like, wow. I was like, he's handling that it's really well. Pretty if she did tell him that somebody's walking around looking like him, right? You know, raping and murdering people. Yeah. Um, but just to oh crap, what was I going to say? Oh, I I did want to touch on just like with the whole idea of Hades and Persephone. We discover that Persephone is also. Are you ready? Are we going into this? Uh, yes, please. Yeah, uh, Our Lady Underground. Right, right, and right. And so right. she is a real person a real entity that reynard was impersonating mm. how'd you feel about that it was pretty like it it made this episode so much bigger yeah because i had i had forgotten when i you know i had forgotten first about the free trader beowulf group but also their their end goal and they're kind of they're trying to summon our lady, our lady underground, underground. Mm-hmm. and 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 also of course julia's resentment Towards the fact that they, you know, that they couldn't couldn't summon her. Yeah, because she's just not showing up anymore. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and so I think I think that was something that I wanted more. Yeah, I felt like I was missing something about about why she was out of the picture, mm-hmm. about why Julia thought, whether accurately or not, if she was willingly not, you know, not staying yeah. out of that realm. I, I mean, it, it seems weird that. You know, it being that she exists, and if this is something that Reynard's been doing for a while, that she would allow it to happen. Right. Um, so I understand her. Sorry, I'm tangled in a cord right now, you guys. <laughs> I understand uh, 
<laughs> anger uh-huh. at that. I also thought it was just kind of uh, a nice play on words that she was Our Lady Underground and she's like the queen of the underworld. Oh, boy. I didn't I was like, catch oh, that. that's cute, you guys. Very clever. Um, <laughs> very clever, very clever. <laughs> clever. But uh, I, I hope, I would assume if we see a picture of her, then we get to see her come back. Sure. So, because, you know, you don't. It's not cheap using a picture of, right. a, of an actor. Exactly. You, you have to pay us for likeness. Right. <laughs> so uh, that was cool to see. But it, I think, you know, in any case, let's get to let's get to the, well, let's talk the about, meaty now. That. Well, now that we're talking about, about Persephone, about Our mm-hmm. Lady Underground, let's talk mm-hmm. about these these miracle kids, these, yeah, these kind the of shades. These, these disconnected shades that we see in Elysium. So if, but I feel like a shade then, if, if, I feel like the shade is a, the purest part, even though right. like you can still have a kindness in you without them. Sure. I just think it's kind of like, almost like you're just slightly like, like you have Asperger's almost uh-huh. to a certain extent. Like you can understand, like a person without their shade is just someone who kind of like has an understanding of the world. I see. Understands kindness, but slips up and forgets to, to say, I'm going to pull out your tooth. I see. Sure. You know, sure, like sure, it's sure. almost kind of like that. Um, sure. So then I feel like a shade is just pure innocence and kindness. Right. You know, like and the, that's and I think I yeah. think that's exactly right. I think it's it's both innocence and kindness. It's the mm-hmm. fact that it's not just this kind of innocence or or you know naivete. It's mm-hmm. it's wanting to just help people that need it. Yeah. And so seeing, oh my God, seeing these miracles that these kids yeah. are doing, like dropping a little dollar bill on the ground this for the boy sad. that ran away or I'm like making, cry. man, making the flowers bloom in the yeah. hospital room. Jesus. Well, that, wow. that came out of nowhere. I but, know. But, uh, Touches yeah. in that little part of you that like gets weepy at like commercials. Sure. <laughs> oh no, that's that's one hundred. I know me. that sounds that's weird, but it's true. Me. It's just like this, I'll like tell you that right now, like that home away commercial with the dog and the and the kid, and there's like two sides. It's like the, the little girl missing her her pet uh-huh. when she goes on vacation, and then they cut to another version of the commercial. Sorry, we're rambling because we have a lot of, <laughs> um, and uh, or we don't. Uh, <laughs> she the you cut to the other side and it's the dog running back running to meet her on her interesting vacation. i don't know if i saw that yeah it was beautiful right 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 but <laughs> but so so let's wrap up this this kind of subplot yeah. so we can move on because so, there's still there's still a lot there's still a lot um but yes. we so but, they quentin finds finds julia shade yeah julia sneaks into no. persephone's room to well, find her own shade yeah and it's Alice. she stumbles upon alice's shade alice's shade and speaking of she getting weepy speaking of getting weepy that moment on Quentin's face, and I think it's such a testament to Jason Ralph and and when he rap when oh my god I know there's like so much is going through his head and so much is shown on his face yeah. in that that one embrace yeah that, that got me yeah oh that really got me it was beautiful mm-hmm. and then yeah it really it, for me this episode really made me think differently about like what the shade means for Julia or is it that Julia is just an exception to the rule like are other people going about their shades because when you think about it. Alice was so nasty without right, her shade, right. and Martin was so nasty without his shade. So is Julia kind of like an, almost an exception to the rule that she can still find this kindness? And that it does that touch on what uh, the dean talked about with her last time that she's always trying to push forward and push past. I see. I obstacles. see. And is there is there maybe something to be said for her relationship with Quentin or mm-hmm. or Quentin's influence on mm-hmm. her, and if if he's able to kind of maybe pull Break that through. out of her, maybe. But yeah, just watching her her take 
uh, Alice's shade instead. It's like right. you're giving up so much. Right, like, right, you right, right. Died. A dragon blew a hole through your body. <laughs> so yeah, so we've done. got. She, she used her her one shot, her to, one go, shot. to go back to the Hamilton She's reference. Not gonna miss her. She did miss her shot. <laughs> Take my shot. She <laughs> took, took Alice's shade instead, yeah. and so it's it's interesting to see. Uh, or it'll be it'll be interesting to see if if she's somehow able to get her shade back via yeah. other means, or if that was just an act of pure sacrifice. Yeah. So, so we'll see. Yeah. So we'll see if she even really needs it. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So speaking of sacrifice, of course we know that Penny signed this deal like with, an idiot. to work at the mm-hmm. library for uh, you know m- millions of years. I thought that he could leave, but apparently he can't ever leave the library. Is that the deal? Is that why we were got virtual the sex? Inception sex? The Inception. And that's why, yes, yeah. the, the Inception course, all the different fun terms yes. that they came up with it. Um, I didn't even think about that, but I think you're exactly right. It's the fact that he's physically, he's bound to this library. Unless he leaves for library business, I think. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. why they were able to go to Fuzzbee. Yeah. And meet Harriet. Um, I see. Sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but we meet. Uh, well, first of all, let's let's start at the beginning. Uh-huh. The whole plan is that they need to find this RSDCDM in the poison room. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they need a code to get into the poison room. That code is locked down tight, tighter mm-hmm. than a nun's pussy, as as put Penny. Yes, so aptly put it. Um, well, the librarian. Right, right, right. And so they're they're trying to find it in the librarian's book. Mm-hmm. But, of course, that book is, is in locked the in the poison room. Uh, so we meet Penny's supervisor, Sylvia, mm-hmm. who is a like super, a super fun part. 17-year-old? That's what it seemed like. <laughs> yeah. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. Well, I think I think 18 plus only because of one of the lines that she says. What did she say? At one point, she's she's wondering why Penny's coming onto the librarian so oh. hard. And she, she asks... Is that why you were scamming her so hard? I was I was about to blow you. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay, let's... I mean, <laughs> have you met 17-year-olds? No, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying being 17 precludes you from saying something like yeah. that. I'm saying it being on a television show on a Viacom-owned network. I mean, have you watched <laughs> the CW? <laughs> I don't know if they're working that blue on the CW over on Riverdale. They get pretty close. They get pretty close. I see, I see. So, Gossip Girl was definitely getting... Gossip Girl was... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. Um, so we meet Sylvia, who's kind of the this sort of Meadow-esque character, yeah. as we find out. You know, her dad is a... A legitimate Mobster, businessman, as, as she insists. Lobster uh, magician. Exactly, exactly. So you got to think, the people that he's going up against, if she's being protected in this library, like yeah. that's got to be some serious yeah. shit, you know? Hmm. I wonder if her dad's Reynard. I see. Ooh, now, I was no. wondering about that. Mm-hmm. I I don't I was trying to think if there was anything else in the season that would have precluded that from being true. Maybe. Because that was my first thought. That was my first thought. But I don't know. I have no clue. Yeah. Um, we'll see. But it was it. I love their interactions because mm-hmm. I don't think Penny has come up against someone As that's, a that's him. matched him in yeah. the surliness department. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was great to see, especially her being so young as well. Right. It was kind of like, whoa. Right, 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 right. Penny, yeah, you need to grow up, dude. Right. 17 year old is, is telling is you. Is on your level, right? Yeah. And, but, but she is, she is helping him out. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she's telling him, uh, the library's, the librarian's name, yep. Zelda. Yeah. Which reminded me of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, I just thought of the video game. Oh, of course, of okay. course. That too. That too. But, you know, which is 
which is magicians. Yes, that's you true. know that's true. Um, but I love that. Yeah, her her name is just right there on her lunch. Yeah, like it's sometimes it's that easy. It's just that if you know what you're looking for, then yeah. Because that that librarian does have a very fifties quality to her, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the different realms have these elements of kind of bygone eras. Whether yeah. it's at the bowling alley or in this library, you know they've they're they've got hallmarks of decades past. Yeah. And, and we, so it is very, we um, talked about that with, uh, Josh, right. just how like the, the, uh, librarians have like a certain kind of style. And even way, even the way they speak and act is like a very, like, you know, what you see in fifties TV shows and whether or not right. that's actually what the fifties were like, but yeah. And the library does have these very kind of grayish, uh, this grayish color palette mm-hmm. to it, which r- reminds me a little bit of Pleasantville. Yeah, a little bit. Or Lady you know? Beaver. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, were all of those lunches hers? By the way, I didn't catch all of the names on them. I don't think so. Where that was just different people that work in the library. Maybe. Okay. I've only I think, seen two. Li- I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, what else? What else did did Penny? Oh, Penny's whole like flirting with the librarian was so like weird. He's he's so not used to people not falling for that. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I would never fall for Penny's flirting. No? No, it's not my style. That's, it's yeah. a little too overt. Like, right. You know, make six to my mind. <laughs> we're gonna put that on a shirt. We're gonna have after my shirts. We're gonna put that on Adrian's shirt. You can get that online. Make sex to my mind. Um, but, so yeah, so that's kind of, that's what we've got in mm. this whole this whole uh, subplot with Penny and Katie. Yeah. It's it's really, it's ultimately just them trying to get into this poison room. Yeah. Is a lot happens, but that's really what that's it's really what to. it is. All the insectioning and all that kind of stuff. That's what it's really right. about. And we find out that Sylvia also has, has her reasons for wanting to get, in, to get into the poison mm-hmm. room, which we don't find out just yet. Yeah. So, so it'll be interesting to see where we go with that. Exactly. Uh, let's go to Fillory though. Yeah. Let's go to Elliot. 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 And the Ratning. Man. Before we get to the ratting, though, mm-hmm. that scene with Elliot Nidri. Yeah. Boy. I was like, oh, like, snap. I was like, damn, this is going to get. Somehow to get away with murder gay sex <laughs> right. scenes. I was like, this is this yeah. is going to get intense. It didn't, though. But nothing. Nope. Nope. Suddenly rats. <laughs> suddenly. Suddenly Idris a like, rat. Man, really? Oh. Can I get, like, some hot. <laughs> And that was, and he, and like, Idri, like that voice, like Len Roberts' voice, like, he, that dude knows what he's doing. It's a panty dropper voice right there. (laughs) That's exactly right. It's a draw dropper. There's another another teaser right there. Um, (laughs) But Elliot, I felt so bad for Elliot because like that's, we've seen him get, I feel like we've seen him get blue balls in the show before. (laughs) Never to this extent, I think. The fact that he's sitting there blindfolded, (laughs) taking off his shirt. And then he turns into a rat. he turns into a rat. Like, that's just gotta be the worst. So, so, yeah, let's talk about this kind of, this element of chaos magic yeah. that's striking Fillory, mm-hmm. you know, and this between everyone getting turned into rats, the upside down rain, the chickens that have laryngitis. Yeah. I think my favorite thing was when Rafe was like, Abigail's become a rat and I don't, <sighs> why did I not learn rat in college? Rafe is becoming like low key one of my favorite yeah. characters for sure. Like his delivery of his few lines in this yeah. episode. And he's running a, a, a sex, an uh, escort, escort service ring. using the guards. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> right. I right. love it though. Now, I, I may be mistaken. Is Abigail is Abigail the sloth? Abigail is the sloth. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And I he's love like that. In love with her. Right. Right. How does that work? Her sluggishness. I love the different honorifics that he's yeah. come up with for the sloth. 
Um, but yeah, so it's it's been hit with this chaos magic, and mm-hmm. it, there's there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no logic to it. Mm-hmm. We get that conversation between Margot and the fairy ambassador, where he's like, "Look, this ain't us. Yeah, like you done exactly. fucked up somewhere else." <laughs> That sucks. He's like, we just took Finn. <laughs> We're going to take your baby. We don't really care. We got what we wanted. <laughs> Rats in our style. We're not here to like, we got what we wanted. Right, right. Yeah, that makes complete sense when you think about it. It's like, well, they don't need to do this. Exactly. Yeah. All they, they just want that baby. They just want that baby. They don't need to take all of the blonde... Uh, Blonde people, the, all of the blonde people, or or and creatures, because it also included Palomino. Yes, it's true. Uh, in one part of Fillory, but um, it just sounds like somebody's having fun. It's, I mean, it, exactly or a just, very yeah, being vicious, a very sinister kind of fun. yeah, right. But uh, but we get that that scene where Elliot Truthies Tick and Rafe and Margo. Yes. And, and Margo finally has to admit it. <laughs> right, 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 right. We also find out that Tick Pick, Pick, Pickwick's been embezzling yes. from, from the Royal Fund. I was kind of like, well, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Right, there's something. There's something under the surface. Yeah. We talked to Rizwan. Yeah. We know. There's something bubbling under the surface of Tick yeah. Pickwick. Um, and then, of course, the escort service with Rafe. Mm-hmm. But but Margo, she she has to come clean mm-hmm. about making the deal with the fairies mm-hmm. for, for Fenn's baby, he, for Elliot's baby. He puts her in the nicest jail and oh. makes sure that she has her coconut oil. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so it's a moment that's so specific to these characters, yeah. to the characters of Elliot and Margo, that, like, I don't want to do this, and I'm going to make sure you're as comfortable as possible, but you're still going in the dungeon. Yeah. That's like, great. If for nothing else, for your own good, because yeah. you know, because another mess might be might, your fault. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he has to. He has to have the guards thrown in the dungeon, and and then we get uh, that cut with her and Rafe. Yes. And Rafe gives her the the potion right. or whatever to take her to the fairyland. Right, 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 right. Like, because he's he's basically too much of a pussy to do yeah. it himself, as Margo says. And then what I didn't catch the first time I watched this was that Josh had been turned into a rat. And that of all the people that Elliot could figure out how to de-rat, right. he shows Josh. Well, and I feel like, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of my favorite scenes of this episode. The fact that, like, Josh has kind of become one of Elliot's most, yeah. the second most trusted advisor behind, yeah. behind Margo, you know? The fact that, like, he's... You know, he's harmless, but sometimes he stumbles upon these good ideas. That's true. The fact that he kind of accidentally invents democracy <laughs> in this scene. Yeah. And and so that's that's what kind of brought me to this this last scene that we see Elliot in, you know. Mm-hmm. They Elliot needs governors. He needs he needs delegates, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. And so Josh suggests, why don't you just have people vote on them? Yeah. And that way you don't have to do shit. Yeah. And they go to high five over this good idea, which Ellie doesn't seem the high fiving type, especially with Josh. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, like that didn't seem on brand for Elliot. But I think I don't he know. might have also been a little bit drunk. I, I think so. I yeah. think he was he was so drained from everything casting that spell. I think he had said what like almost an hour that he had spent casting that spell to turn Josh back into a into a naked human. Yeah. Um. And so they go to high five for it, and all of a sudden. He's back at Breakville. He's back at Breakville. Physical Kids House, which the Physical Kids House had changed. Did you notice that a white exterior instead of the brown? No, I hadn't yeah. noticed that. I was like, oh, they changed the house. What happened? Interesting. Um, interesting. In any case, yeah. So I was like, oh. So I'm very interested because yeah. he, he says that he tells Todd that he thinks he might have just gotten kicked out of Fillory. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, I, my first thought, and I don't know if this is a wildly off base or not, mm-hmm. but my first thought is that there's something about 
the act of or the the concept of democracy that, that is that is, that is against Valorian rules. Maybe, but I don't know. I don't know if that's wildly off base or what. But that was my first interpretation. Maybe is that like no, you you have to do all of this work. This is your job now. Yeah. Hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. That's possible. Right? Maybe. Right? I thought it was like a lifetime. I feel like he would just be killed instead. Right. Yeah. Right. That's true. That's true. Um, but I think that's pretty much it. That's, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's late for me. Um, I'm old. Um, yeah, I think that about wraps up. Right, right, right. So we've we've got a couple minutes left. Where yeah. do we think? Where do we think we're going from here? We've only got a couple episodes left. You want to go into prediction? Let's go into prediction. Can we get some quick quick predictions? Yes. And now, yes. yes. After Buzz TV. I did say yes. Yes. Not yes. Yes. Uh, I. So we've got what, like two episodes left? We have two episodes. <laughs> I think that. Um, I think I really hope that they reveal like who is causing all this ridiculousness, like all the Fillory. like the chaos and it stuff. Just, yeah. It doesn't seem like it's just happening for no reason, right? Um, I also think that I, I I wonder if if Julia like how they get the shade if if Julia has to carry Alice's shade or something like that. Sure. And if that's the case, then. What does that mean? Like, is she going to be acting like Alice oh, for the next episode or two? Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, I just want to see what that poison's room is all about. Doesn't sound like a very good idea to go into a place called the poison room. No, that seems it's right yeah. there on the tin, guys. Yeah, um, poison. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, I do think we're going to get that scene where Renard realizes that Gaines is far mm. more powerful than he ever thought mm. that he was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gaines, and I, we touched on it a little bit, but Gaines is, is joining up with Katie mm-hmm. in the fight against Renard, or the hunt for Renard, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. I feel like either either Gaines will be the one to strike kind of the killing blow, or he'll sacrifice himself for the the Break Bill's kids. Yeah. The mystery team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I and then we'll I think we'll also get a little bit more about Sylvia's father, mm-hmm. about his business dealings, legitimate as they may or may not be. Um, cool. So I don't know. Yeah, a lot happening, guys. Remember, tweet us your predictions. If you're on Twitter, find us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. If you're on iTunes, leave us a comment, download, comment, review, subscribe, rate, five stars if you're nasty. Uh, YouTube, thumbs up, comment. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, this was super fun. Yeah. Caroline, Joel Monique will be back right here, same bat time, same bat channel next week. Uh, until then, Adrian, where, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adrian Snow. You can also find me on the Unproduced Table Read on Popcorn Talk on Fridays and then Doctor Who beginning April 16th. There you go. You, you landed that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That unproduced table read. I've been hearing awesome, awesome things about oh, it. Guys, go check that out. You could hear me do crazy voices and, there, and act. There which you is go. What I'm classically what, trained. What to else do. would you want? <laughs> doing crazy voices. Uh, you can find me on all forms of social media at Ty Matthews PMA, as well as on Monday nights on the Monday Night Raw after show. Uh, I just came back from Orlando. I was on the red carpet for the WWE Hall of Fame. So hey. go go check out all that content on YouTube. Uh, and while you're there, check us out. Go look at our past interviews. Look at our talks with Joshua Butler and Rizwan Ranji, and even from season one, Arjun Gupta, and mm-hmm. and all of our awesome guests. Uh, because and Joshua Butler again. This is. Exactly. Multiple time <laughs> yeah. guest, friend of the it's show. Uh, but guys, thank you so, so much for joining us. We'll be right back here. Same bad time, same bad channel, talking season two, episode 12 of The Magicians. But until then, peace.
from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.